0: and give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Howdy, folks. It is Monday, December 5th. I'm Jacob Cohen, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about Duolingo's rise and also a wild new AI that people are kind of freaking out about. And for good reason. It's called ChatGPT and the implications could be enormous. But before we get to all that, here's what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get lacking. All right. First things first. This was trending at the end of last week. New York City needs someone to lead the city's armed conflict against its rats. The ideal candidate, they say, has a general aura of badassery, is somewhat bloodthirsty, and could make up to $170,000 a year. Holy moly. The job description is one of the most entertaining probably in history, and uh, I recommend you go take a look at it. Next up, Palmer Luckey's defense tech startup Endural raised almost $1.5 billion in the second largest U.S. round of the year, valuing the company at $7 billion. Lucky previously sold Oculus to Meta for $2 billion when he was 21. Guess you could say he got lucky, but on All right, moving along. Apple, Twitter's largest advertiser, has fully resumed advertising on Twitter, says Elon Musk. The news comes a week after Musk called out Apple for seemingly yanking itself away from Twitter's platform. Then Tim Cook had a nice meeting with Musk, apparently, and now here we are. Apple accounted for as much as 4% of Twitter's revenue in the first quarter of the year, Amazon is also reportedly coming back to Twitter, advertising there to the tune of $100 million in spend a year. Speaking of Apple, shipments of its highly anticipated virtual reality headset could reportedly be pushed back to the second half of 2023, though it could be announced early next year. Moving along, Delta and its pilots agreed to preliminary terms of a deal that helped avoid a strike. The deal will see them get more than 30% raises over four years, including an 18% raise on the day the contract is signed. Good for them. What do we have next? Some interesting trends and market news. The vitamin and supplements market is weathering a market slowdown following three straight years of growth, seeing U.S. sales fall 3.3% this year through October per Bloomberg. Also, the shipping container industry brought in $58.9 billion in the third quarter of 2022, up 22% year over year, according to industry veteran John McCown. It's also 158% higher than the combined profits of Meta, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Big tech, how about big shipping container? Right, And lastly, gosh, we really like drinking our water in bottles. According to Food Dive, in 2022, the bottled water industry is expected to be worth some $39 billion. Makes me think of liquid death. Americans drank some 47 gallons of bottled water each in 2021, and that consumption was up 4.7% last year, year over year. And other news, the Pentagon on Friday showed off its new stealth bomber, the B-21, The estimated $750 million plane can eventually fly without pilots, and the government hopes to order 100, though just 21 have been built. Also, some World Cup news. Unfortunately, our beloved USA was knocked out. I guess now we can go back to not caring about soccer for another four years. But anyway, some interesting data. According to a study from European Central Bank economists, when the US was playing in the 2010 World Cup in South Africa equity trading volume in the U.S. dropped 43%. When Chile played, equity trading there dropped almost entirely. And on this note, were you even aware that the U.S. is co-hosting the World Cup in 2026? Some 65% of U.S. adults say they are not. They've not seen, read, or heard anything at all about the U.S., Mexico, and Canada hosting in 26 per morning consult. That is interesting. And lastly... Daniel Mack, the TikToker known for asking people in fancy cars on Rodeo Drive what they do for a living, was asked about what he does for a living by the LA Times, and the dude reportedly makes up to $100,000 a month. He posts videos with everyone from porn stars to Joe Biden to an Apple exec who got fired over some inappropriate comments they made in Mack's clip of them, and that has got to suck. All right, now let's talk Duolingo. So Bill Gates and Khloe Kardashian probably do not have a ton of common interests if I were a betting man. But for Bloomberg, Duolingo is one of the few they do. And it's something that a lot of other people are interested in and use as well. Launched in 2012, the gamified language learning app has transformed from a PhD project into a 500-person public company now on a mission to make profits. Interestingly, here's an interesting piece of Duolingo history. Despite boasting millions of users by 2015, the company was bringing in just $400,000 in revenue that year. But after bringing in more and more VC money and notching a $500 million valuation in 2016, it was pushed to launch some revenue-generating features and eventually launched a subscription version in 2017, which is when revenue began rocketing. The app, which views sites like TikTok and Netflix as its competition, not something like Rosetta Stone, which by the way, remember those old Rosetta Stone commercials, infomercials? Those are really something, we've come a long way since then. Duolingo now boasts nearly 15 million daily users, up 51% year over year, and 3.7 million paid subscribers. And barring any unexpected fiscal blowback over its highly controversial redesign, which people really, and I mean really, really hate, Revenue this year is projected to surpass $365 million, up 45% year over year. The company is now expanding through in-app purchases, new subjects like reading and math, and a $49 online English test accepted at more than 4,000 institutions. It made them $25 million last year. All right, and for the last bit today, I want to touch on a new technology that people have really lost their minds over the last few days. It's called ChatGPT, and it comes from the folks over at OpenAI. We've spoken about them before, we've written pieces on them before, about some of the really cool tools they've built. They basically trained an AI model with absurd amounts of textual data from across the internet, and that functionally feels like a conversational kind of Google search, uh, except that it actually do some things for you as a as a person might be able to do. So for instance, Ask it to provide a recipe for a smoked brisket, and bam, it types out a recipe. Or ask it to tell a joke about a smoked brisket in the style of Jerry Seinfeld, and boom, it does it. But then things get even more complex. Ask it to write the script of a scene from Seinfeld about a brisket, and it does it in seconds, and it's pretty accurate, too. I just did this, and it spelled out a scene in which Jerry's upset because the brisket he orders at a restaurant is dry. So ChatGPT can do all this and write out essays, lines of code, songs, and more quickly and many times seemingly very well. It's not 100% accurate. It sometimes writes smart sounding but incorrect or kind of ridiculous answers, and it's not crawling the internet in real time. So while it can potentially write a 10-paragraph essay on the founding of America for an eighth grader's homework assignment, it can't give you the score of, say, the Giants game yesterday. And the implications are pretty wild. Most people think that at the very least, tools like this will give humans kind of superpowers and, yes, replace some tasks that humans do, but for the most part, work as like an autocomplete for our lives, improving efficiency and productivity, giving us more time to focus on impactful decisions and creative work. But others wonder whether a tool like this will enable infinite and custom kind of content creation and diminish the need value and even connection that comes with today's creative work. For instance, I asked ChatGPT to write the premise for a new Harry Potter book, and it did. So what's to say that it's not far off from just writing another Harry Potter book, uh, but one to my exact liking or another completely different one to your liking? And wouldn't that be sad if everyone just had their own Harry Potter book instead of us all enjoying the shared experience of reading the same one? So this is one of the implications that people are thinking about with this tool. And some others even think that this tool, ChatGPT, is already more useful than Google. Taking our previous example, searching for a brisket recipe on Google will give you thousands of spammy ad-bloated results, whereas ChatGPT just gives you a recipe. So instead of a destination to help you find an answer like Google... It's a destination to literally give you an answer. It can be both hilarious, scary, and super useful at the same time, and I recommend you go give it a try. You can look up ChatGPT online. Let us know what you think, and if uh, you make any interesting findings, be sure to let us know. And bada bing bada boom, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano, Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you are not subscribed, I don't know what you're doing. Go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. Have a great Monday. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow.